Hey, Hannah Montana, the movie, still holds the record for Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> Not joking. I don't know what the fuck. The why? This is like the weirdest aberration. Just like so at, at that point, it's like, is that really worth keeping track of? Kind of yeah, like, like uh, that's what I was, was like, how the fuck is that even a, like a thing you want to be proud of? And it's, it's just like, well, it, and then the other one is like, kind of weird. It's kind of like those baseball announcers who are like, <laughs> well, you know, he does have his highest batting average against left-handers on Thursdays. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Isle of the Damned. This is a pretty big episode, I'm not gonna lie. I'm Brian. This, uh, as always, Kent here is along with me. But we're gonna be talking about arguably the biggest movie of the year. I'd be surprised if something else is bigger than it. That's Avengers Endgame. But we also got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. So we're gonna skew. That's not the right word. Not skew. We're gonna, <laughs> gonna cue the music now. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna steer into the skid. Exactly, exactly what I mean. My brain, I've had, I've had a long week. <laughs> you saw something that I did not see theatrically first, so why don't you take us through what the missing link was like? Absolutely. Well, I heard a radio critic say earlier that if Disney is the Beatles and Pixar is the Rolling Stones, then Leica is kind of like Pink Floyd, just out there <laughs> doing their own weird thing. Yeah, and their own like little, yep. Yeah. Yeah, the difference being that if it were comparable, then Pink Floyd would keep selling fewer and fewer records each time they made an album, despite making music that's still pretty critically acclaimed and typically seems to be enjoyed by the public when they get around to it. So, I don't know. It, I would even go so far as to say that Coraline has officially entered the canon as a classic. I thought well, Paranorman was excellent. I adored Kubo and the Two Strings. And yet each one seems to have had a lower box office than the last one. You for, you forgot the box trolls, I'm joking. Yeah, well, I, I that's, totally... that's the one I didn't see. So. Yeah, no, but you're right. That You're right. It, um, each one has, although Kubo had the best uh, critical reaction, but you're right. Mm -hmm. As far as making money, yes, each one is getting, is grossing less and less. So you're absolutely correct on that. It just does not make sense to me. And sadly, Missing Link has not broken that chain of events, despite also being a good movie. That said, I would consider this to be B-level for the filmmakers. Yeah. So if we are comparing studios, that puts it on the scale of, say, A Bug's Life, if we're talking right. Pixar. So it's perfectly good. It's got some really inventive stuff in it. Oddly enough, this is probably their most accessible film. And hmm. unlike a lot of what they've done, this one doesn't have a lot of, like, goth, scary stuff. It's not supernatural unless you include Bigfoot in that, and I wouldn't. <laughs> But it's funny, but it's not hilarious. It's kind of yeah. touching, but it's not really compelling. It just sort of uh, occupies that B-grade status as opposed to the other three, which I would put more towards the A category. Right. So the basic plot is Hugh Jackman is playing an explorer who is trying to receive the recognition of his peers despite the fact they're a bunch of shitheads. And... <laughs> Honestly, the character is kind of the weakest part of the movie, because most of the time he's entertaining, 
but they can't really seem to nail down what he's supposed to be. Sometimes it's it seems like they really know what they want him to be, but they have to include things that don't really fit within that in order to progress the plot that they've chosen. And it really makes that characterization feel off. So that, I think, is probably the biggest issue that I had with it. Zach Galifianakis is a Bigfoot from Washington who contacts him because he's the last of his kind and he wants to go looking for the Yeti. Because he mm -hmm. thinks, well, we're the same species, they'll take me in. And what follows is sort of a road movie with some hijinks and a lot of odd couple dynamics, a little bit of action. It, it's surprisingly talky for an animated film, but that's okay. Some of the other voice actors that are in it, Stephen Fry... Timothy Oliphant, Zoe Saldana, Emma Thompson. So it's not lacking in recognizable names. Mm. But it also doesn't really aspire to the visual highs that they've hit before. It, it feels a little more preachy or clunky in some ways that they've managed to avoid in the other movies. But on the other hand, even though the visuals aren't as incredible, the technical aspects of the animation are phenomenal. They really are at the height of their craft in regards to the quality of the motion to the point where sometimes you wonder if it's stop motion or if it's something that was done on a computer. So mm. that is how far they have advanced in that. It's really just technically amazing. I would definitely give it a recommendation, even if it's not as good as some of their other movies. Just unfortunately, it might be difficult to find a theater that's still playing it because it did not do very well. I don't know if it was projected to do, like, big numbers, but, I mean, they haven't released what its budget was, which is interesting, which is never a good sign. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's only made $22 million, and it's probably, like you said, it's probably going to be already out of the theaters pretty soon with all these big movies out now. But, yeah, I mean, I've heard critically good things about it, and you, you have some good things to say about it, but I don't know. I think it's just one of those things kind of get lost in the... Well, most of their movies tend to run pretty low as far as major yeah. release budgets go. It, usually, I, if what I understand is correctly, around the 50 to 75 yeah. million range. But Yeah, usually about 60 million is what the, the general consensus of the others were. So yeah, I, I would be surprised yeah. if it was, it's probably around that. So, um, But when you only make 22, even right. when you start factoring in things like the home video release or streaming or whatever, it's still going to be tough to turn a profit on that. Right. So, it, but like, yeah, you said the, the weird thing is, is like they're getting they're critically acclaimed movies, but they that they put out, but each one is making less and less money. So there's something lost in the whether it's the marketing, whether it's the I, there's something missing. That's the connection. I mean, I, I absolutely loved Kubo, but do I know a lot of people that have seen it? No. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and I'm a little bit worried that this might end up being the last one, and they'll go out on kind of yeah. a a down less than or middle down high yeah. note, but. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. The fortunate thing is they're kind of bankrolled by Nike because the guy who is oh, basically yeah. in charge of the studio is the son of the guy who's the CEO of Nike. But, oh, shit. I didn't even, <laughs> did not know that. But still, I, he's not going to just keep going, yeah. uh, keep letting him do these passion projects if there's just no hope of them making money. So I don't know how this is going to work for him. But boy. This certainly was a better movie than the next one we're going to talk about. <laughs> so the race for worst movie of the year is on, and so far this takes the cake. <laughs> well, for That's me, I cake. think it's polar, but this is this is down okay. there. Okay, 
Okay, it's just okay. So we're talking about Hellboy, of course, which is the 2019 reboot of the Dark Horse Comics character of the same name. Neil Marshall is direct had uh, directed it with a screenplay by some guy named Andrew Crosby, who I have no idea who that is. Uh, again, starring David Harbour as Hellboy and Mila Jolovich as the Blood Queen. This movie sucked. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to say it. It was painful to sit through. So, a little background. I am not a Hellboy fan boy of the comics. I, you know, I've read a couple of the comics, not a big fan of the character. But I thoroughly enjoyed the first two movies that Guillermo del Toro did, and it wasn't just because he did them, but I thought they were a good mix of, at that time, 2004, 2006, comic movies were in a different position. But this movie just, it's like they tried to be this badass, hard R gore fest, and it just turns out to be a pile of gobbledygook of stupidity. And I, I just didn't think that David Harbour as Hellboy was very good. Like, he tried to be that, like, badass, but it was just... I'm sorry, I you know I, I know why they didn't get Ron Perlman, but like it just it it was just. I tell you what, I, I'm gonna I, disagree with you but, a little bit. Although yeah. I am, first off, I'm just gonna say fuck this movie <laughs> because there's nothing wrong with the story or the casting in my, in yeah. my mind, but the filmmaking is yeah. just bad. It, it's badly yeah. edited. Sometimes it's kind of incomprehensible. Yeah, the rock it, soundtrack is cranked up loud enough to <laughs> drown out everything else, and it just started getting was, on my nerves despite liking some of the songs. No offense, but yeah, go ahead. And it, it's like a worse version of the Keanu Reeves Constantine movie, which was already a <laughs> 90s movie that was made, what, five years too late? Something like right. that. So, here's the thing. The, the thing that gets me is I've heard some people tell me that this is supposed to hew closer to the original version of the character in the comics, but I can only think of one way that it does. And that is the way that, as a film, it's more of a grab bag of everything that is Hellboy than Del Toro's were. Because what Del Toro kind of did was he skewed heavily to horror adventure in the first one and fairy tale stuff in the second, but there wasn't a lot of cross-pollination between the two. I kind of like right. that this one is throwing in that weirder stuff altogether. They've got Lobster Johnson, who it kind of rules that he's played by Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, they got Mexican wrestling and vampires and trolls and Arthurian legend and all this shit. Because that kind of stuff all does kind of come from the comics. But Neil Marshall, who made The Descent, which a lot of people love, just can't find the tone of this thing. So it feels more like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen yeah, instead it, of something like, say, Spider-Verse, where you've got a lot of disparate elements, but you've got a good tone that holds it together. Yeah, uh, it's just... The, I didn't mean to interrupt. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it feels like there's a lot of shit just thrown at you, but none of it works cohesively as a movie. It's just sort of, yeah. oh, well, here's... And, and again, like... Yeah, I get the gore factor. Like, oh, look, we just made it an R, and we'll just keep doing lots and lots of gore. And it just, to me, it became so just frenetic, mm -hmm. stupid. And a lot of it, and I mean, Mila Jovovich hamming it up. Like, again, the, the script is bad. Like you said, the filming, it, it reminds me, like you said, of a 90s comic book movie with, like, the budget of a made-for-TV sci-fi movie now. Not to say that... Oh, you either have to be like the Avengers or don't try, but it, it just misfires. Well, Marvel doesn't even try to be the Avengers every time out. 
But yeah. Here's what I think that taking that R-rated Gonzo approach, which I think is a major misrepresentation of the source material, even if Mike Mignola is involved, I think that's part of the problem because they're trying overly hard to be shocking and gory, and right. it doesn't feel natural. It felt like they were so busy trying to ape Deadpool that they forgot it's a Hellboy movie. And I think it completely undercut the horror factor, which they had said was supposed to be the focus this time around. There's some crazy shit in the finale that is admittedly disturbing, but there are some problems because the special effects in this thing are all over the map. And there's some stuff there's some stuff in here that feels like it's on the level of the Scorpion King and Mummy Returns, but yeah, the rest but of the like, movie doesn't work as well, so it hurts it far more in my opinion. Yeah, and I think you mentioned the barrage of exposition where you have Mila Jovovich as the Blood Queen who's also supposed to be spoiler, the Lady in the Lake and it's just all this weird I guess they I will say they tried to I guess like you said they made some bold choices but they never they didn't pay off and this it's not funny when it tries to be and it just the design choices don't work the directing the edit like everything just seems haphazard and it just it, it's just a bad movie and I mean again not trying to say box office determines what's good or not but I mean this movie dropped. 68 percent uh, in its second weekend, and then ninety one percent in its third weekend. You can say, "Oh, it was the critics," that, but like, well, the, word of mouth was not particularly kind. Well, but. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like this was. Oh, the fans of Hellboy liked it, and just the it's like this is just negative. Like for everyone, it's mm-hmm. sad that yes, Hellboy was not a big name franchise, but I just don't think this was the right yeah. time or movie or director or anything to put yeah. out there, especially... Well, okay, well, like I said, I have no problem with the story itself. I think if you put yeah. this story in the hands of someone like Del Me. Toro or even Taika Waititi or James Gunn or somebody like that, I think it turns out much better. Yeah. David Harbour's fine. I wasn't particularly impressed with him, but he's fine. Daniel Dai Kim is fine. I'm glad he's at least in something. Sasha Lane is okay as not Liz. Uh, here's the yeah. hot take. <laughs> I actually think this is Mila Jovovich's best role since The Fifth Element, and it's a shame it's not in a better movie. But yes. Ian McShane comes as close to phoning in a role as Ian McShane oh, can, God, but yeah. he's hampered by some poor scripting that puts him in charge of exposition. Yeah. So well, that's the thing, half the movie is like, we don't want exposition, but we got to give you exposition. It's, it's a reboot. We don't want to recover the same stuff, but we're going to give you lots of exposition anyway. <laughs> but we're going to cuss during it. Yes. And then we've got Baba Yaga. And, and I just like, yeah, I, I just honestly, I couldn't wait for this movie to be over. They even did the whole, we're just like everyone else. We're going to put the post credit scenes in and the mid And it's just like, man, they thought this movie was going to fucking be successful. And boy, were they wrong. <laughs> um, it's sad, though, because I do think the Hellboy franchise could have done with a new movie. But, I mean, one, they waited way too long. Two, it just wasn't the right anything. And it's just, obviously, it kills any chance of them ever doing, you know, another one in the near future. So uh, it's just kind of a, it, and I don't know, it's, I don't think it's one of these things that's going to find a new life on digital or Blu-ray. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's going to be rushing out to see this. Not to say that you shouldn't give it a try if you are a fan of Hellboy or bad movies, but it's like, I don't know, even the creature design I thought was kind of shitty. Like, even the little things where you can kind of be like, oh, like, I was like, eh. I will say you, you hit a major point, and I should have realized this. I forgot about the music. 
I remember when I saw the first trailer, and I think it had uh, Moni Moni by Billy Idol, and I was just like, mm-hmm. not a good sign. And I think the second trailer was Smoke on the Water, but it was a really bad clever of it. Yeah, once you see the real movie, you're just like, man, awful, just cranked up music. Oh, we're going to make this, mu- we're just going to put music, hot, loud music in to try to make this cool, and it's just doesn't There's work. music in this thing that I like quite a bit out of, context of the film but within the film it was just giving me a headache yeah it's just it's one of those it's like the suicide squad gimmick where it's like we put in loud music to try to make it badass and cool and instead it just makes it look really amateurish and like an mtv music video so i will give it very very lightly two stars (laughs) out of five yeah and uh yeah well we can pick that up a little bit later in terms oh, of what sorry, we give yeah, everything, to, but, but next, yeah. uh, we're finally getting back to the DC animated universe that we love so dearly, the one that's so much better than the DC extended universe overall. <laughs> uh, Brian, what did you think of Justice League versus the Fatal Five? The trailer, I was kind of like, okay, this could be good because it's got the original cast, or some of the voice cast from Justice League, I should say, the, the Trinity returning, Kevin Conroy, Susan Eisenberg, and George Newbern, respectively, as their characters, and the animation style from Justice League. And um, But I wasn't sure. I was like, you know, it all depends on the story. And surprisingly, I thought they did a really, really, really good job. Like, I... Not to say that it's better than an episode of Justice League, but I feel it could fit in as an episode or two mm-hmm. of Justice League. It's that good, so I, yeah. I really dug it. I thought that it was one of much one of the much better releases of the animated original movies that they do because they're kind of all over the place with DC. They have some good ones, they have some bad ones. But I mean, what was the last real one that was supposed to be "quote unquote" in the? Was that Harley Quinn? Was yeah, the last Batman one? and Harley Quinn, which and was this very one disappointed is, you know, me. That's only the second that. one they've done since the end of JLU. Unless uh, I, when did Mystery of the Batwoman come out? Was that before? That or after? was that was before or during Justice League, and I don't know okay. where that really fits. But yeah, that was before they even did their own like original animated stuff. That was. The kind of thing. I remember when that was because people were trying to figure. But yeah, I always forget about that one. Thank you for mentioning it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I I thought this was really good. I love that they. The story is basically it starts off with in the future with the Legion of Superheroes, which is again one of those few comic properties that I'm not really a fan of because there's just so many characters and the continuity makes no sense to me. And I've tried and tried, but never really got into it. But they do a good job of taking a little piece of the Legion and and kind of throwing it into the story and using their villains, the Fatal Five, and bringing them into the story, and at the same time introducing a new Green Lantern, Jessica Cruz, who's been in the comics the last couple of years, introduced by Jeff Johns in the New 52 in Justice League uh, a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago. But um, I, I was, again, wondering how they were going to deal with her. And I, but they, did, they, they throw enough old Easter eggs and references to old fans that it makes it feel like this is a return to a universe that you have missed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, and, it, of- and it's very weird, because yeah. you assume it's in the DCAU, because of the, the they're using those designs, they've got right. the voice actors of the Trinity, but there's a lot of continuity stuff going on that doesn't make a lot of sense, and I'm going to get yeah. a little bit weird here for a moment, but <laughs> there was an episode in the last season where they introduced the Legion of Superheroes, who figured right. into the story, like you said, and Supergirl even went off to join them, as for the yes. comics at the time, which I was a fan of and enjoyed quite a bit, that particular run. That's completely disregarded. Mr. Terrific is voiced by a different actor, I believe, as well as Kilowog from the Green Lantern Corps. Yep. They introduced Miss Martian 
from is, Young Justice, but they don't have right. Martian Manhunter appear, which is a little odd, but it kind of inconsequential. Yeah. And all this is to say that if they're going to continue doing movies like this, which I really hope they do, because I'll jump ahead now and just say that I enjoyed the heck out of it, yeah. I'm hoping that they'll shore things up more with the series itself. Uh, like I said, they, they introduced Miss Martian. I like how they use her as a new member of the League. Uh, more importantly for the plot, they bring in Starboy from the Legion, a sig- yep. schizophrenic hero who controls gravity. You mentioned Jessica Cruz, who get another Green Lantern, because having like six of them from Earth when most planets <laughs> might get one seems like a great idea. But she's a character with PTSD from a particularly gruesome crime perpetrated against her, which is surprisingly not toned down that much considering it's a PG-13 movie. Uh- I was about to say that's the one thing where they kind of push the envelope, and I, I, you know, I was okay with it. But again, it's not. Oh, this would be this could go get by on the Cartoon Network. Yeah, probably not. It's PG thirteen for a reason in this particular right. case, but it doesn't feel like it's gratuitous the way it is in the Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, but, where they're just like, we can put this stuff in there so we can say that it's PG-13 or whatever, and yeah. make it, like, raunchy. And, yeah, I agree. This is, like, it fit with the story. It didn't feel out of place. Just a note to what you mentioned a couple minutes ago. Yes, he's not the original Kilowog voice from Justin, but he is the Kilowog that voiced Kilowog in the animated series that Bruce Timm did, the Green Lantern one that was after Justin but didn't fit in the continuity. But they decided <laughs> to use that voice as Kilowog, so I have no idea. <laughs> So just to yeah. confuse everyone more. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I really like the characterization of Starboy in this. I really like yeah. the story. I like them bringing back the designs and focusing on some of the lesser-used JLU characters. I think this was, if not a perfect story to tell in that style, then darn near it, because it has that epic feel mixed with the discovery of lesser-known corners of the comics that the show really kind of went after after the first season especially. It kind of made me realize just how much I missed that, and I binged the end of the Cadmus arc over a couple of nights after I'd been <laughs> taking forever to rewatch the series in the long run up to then. One criticism that I will make, and I said the same thing about the Captain Marvel movie, so I have to be consistent here, there's a similar bit where Jessica Cruz sort of finds her power and then goes yeah. on to single-handedly defeat the bad guys, which is a little too far for me given the difficulty that... Superman and Wonder Woman? Yeah. Superman and Wonder Woman had with them one-on-one. Now, it's not quite on the same level because there's a lot more build-up to it beforehand. There's a battle, so you could argue that they were softened up or something like that, but it's still just a stitch too far as presented to me. At least to me in this one, and this is not an offense to Captain Marvel, but they build up the character with mental health challenges to at the end when she does conquer her fears and everything it feels earned where in captain marvel it was like we're just gonna power up and have her be super powerful because that's what she is like at yeah. least and so, will, that, that, yeah, so I that, is, that is a good point yeah so i mean but i i do understand your your point i kind of agree but yeah i i absolutely loved everything about this movie the character designs, everything, obviously, much like from Justice League Unlimited. And according to Bruce Tim, he does consider this film to be canon, even though, yes, not everything matches up exactly. And there are some, obviously, like you said, some huge continuity issues. But hopefully it will do well and sell well. And it's got, it was actually very favorable reviews, which some of these movies don't really. So I'm hoping that means that at least we could get like one of these or two of these a year so they put out like 
for a year? Could mm-hmm. we at least get one a year where we continue the story of the Justice League, this Justice League, not New 52 Justice League? <laughs> I think it's a cool idea to kind of, yes, I know people are going to say, well, where's the rest of the Justice League? They only use the, the, the top three Trinity, but I, I'm okay with that. They could rotate people in and out, I think. As long as you well, keep the and they did have some other characters in there, like I said, Miss Martian, yes. uh, Mister Terrific's, uh, some of the members of the Green Lantern Corps are in there right. at least somewhat. Uh, yeah, you got Star Boy, you got Jessica Cruz. So it's not like there aren't any other. It's just that those are yeah only there are only like four of them that are showing up from the old show. Right, right. But yeah, I, I agree. I thought they did a really good job in handling. Starboy and the Legion when we see them, as opposed to and even making the Legion's villains, which the Fatal Five always kind of seemed kind of silly to me, but I thought they did a pretty good job making them seem like, okay, they're actually can cause some damage. And But yeah, um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was probably the best, uh, it just, it just one, one of the best DC animated movies they've done in quite a while. And yeah, so I like both the Superman ones they did last, but they're on quite a roll lately. This one is definitely my favorite, but like, yeah, the, yeah. this is, yeah, this I would is put this good. up there with uh, new frontier as being one of my absolute favorites that they've done. Yeah. Like there, there's not a lot to complain about and the stuff that there is, it's very, very, um, minimal. And again, it would be like, Want more? That's my only complaint. Now. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I definitely check out, especially if you're a fan of the old uh, Justice League animated show. I know some people have issues with Batman's animation model from Justice League because it's so different from New Adventures and from the original animated series. But I'm okay with it. But I know that's a stickling point for some people. Everyone else kind of looks the same except Batman, who's much sharper and angler. But it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But anyways, um, yeah, definitely check it out if you can. If you have the DC streaming service, you can watch it now for free. If not, you can get grab it, and it's definitely worth the purchase, I think, because uh, it's it's definitely one of their best releases in a while. And, and um, because they're using that JLU style, it's also one of the best animated ones they've done for it. It doesn't have the, the weird bits that the Harley Quinn oh, one right. did. You're right. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even put that in my notes. You're right, because mm-hmm. I I was so involved. That I didn't even notice. But you're right. It doesn't have the 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 staticky like animation breaks where you can like see the the bad quality of the animation. I can't describe it. Ken, you're the you're you're the one that knows animation better than me. What what am I trying to describe? Like the like. Uh, well, I'm I'm not completely okay. Well, here's what I noticed about it. First of all, the reason that they came up with the Bruce Tim House style as yeah. I refer to it, because Bruce Timm's style was the basis for it. Right. Part of the reason why they went hog wild with that, especially after Batman the Animated Series, where they refined it, sharpened everything up, is because it does make for more fluid, more okay. consistent animation from the Gosh. overseas animation houses. I mean, you watch Batman the Animated Series, even then, some of them look great, some of them are just... Gone yes, awful. Depend, depending on right, depending on which yeah. episode or yeah. With this, all the characters seem more on model than they did in the right. Harley Quinn one, where, where God, like Harley had the two butt thing going on a little bit. And, <laughs> uh, it was weird, but yeah, and no, it, it was. It's interesting to note though, and I, I'm just getting this right from the Wikipedia page because I didn't know about it. That they originally the film was set to use a different art style, and and actually the models from. Another Justice League movie called Crisis on Two Earths, which I'm sure people have seen, but the, they actually actually decided to go back and re, reanimate it to avoid confusion with the New Fifty Two movies, and they decided to reuse the animation models from Justice League Unlimited. Yay! So 
I don't know why they did that. It was a good move on their part. So yeah. So but yeah, yeah. everything's on model. The animation is smooth. This is one that I think would actually probably benefit from getting the the Blu-ray or the 4K, whereas some of those maybe not so much. Right, where sometimes it doesn't really make, but yeah. You're right, because I didn't even notice I was so involved in the movie, but yeah, like, pretty much every other time I've noticed the little blips or or the animation just looks really bad sometimes or breaks, and this one I did not notice it at all. It was very fluid. So, once again, high marks all around for this movie. Speaking of high marks... (laughs) It's the big one! (laughs) We'll get to the elephant in the room, and that is... Dumbo! No. (laughs) That was last episode, but no, um, the 2019 American superhero film that is the 22nd, I believe, 22nd movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That is that is The Infinity Saga will be capped at 23 with Spider-Man Far From Home being a coda. Yes, so this is the end game, if you will. Can't I, I still kind of agree with you? Maybe not the best. The title's grown on me, but at the time, I just remember speculating like, oh, and like it, it's it's fine. I don't mind it now. But again, Infinity War Part Two would probably still been better. But hey, it's okay. Let's talk. I don't know where to begin. Um, where do you want to start? Because I have a lot of notes on this. Well, okay, start with. I don't know if I can say that this is as good a movie as Infinity War, because I think that one actually works better as a narrative. But I can say that for me, Endgame was a more satisfying experience, despite not having as much interaction between the disparate characters, which was a huge part of the appeal for these movies. Yeah, so touching on that briefly, I agree. I think I liked Endgame better, even though, like you said, the story told in Infinity War might have been a better narrative. But I think part of the fun of Infinity War was seeing Spider-Man meet Star-Lord or Doctor Strange meet Iron Man, where this was more about the emotional arcs and the character arcs and tying everything up and the emotional pathos of the entire thing, I think, made me like this one more because of that. Where, again, you couldn't have one without the other. You thought the setup of the last movie, you don't have this movie, but... Within just well, having the last movie, yeah, it, it's also it. focusing more going back to that emotional arc yeah. thing on the original Avengers for the most part, along with yes. Ant Man. In yes. in part, I'm sure because he was completely left out of the first one, apart from a quick mention. But I think that helps build into it as well because you're focusing on a smaller group of characters, even though it's still a lot of characters. But, yes, I mean, they, yeah, we we will get to it. There's still a lot, but. It's, it's interesting, if you think about it, like, think how much Captain America was in Infinity War, and then compare it to how much he's in this movie. Like, it's insane. He's barely in Infinity War, and then it's weird, and there's a lot more of... Thor is pretty much equal, probably, in both movies. He, he's only the one that... In Iron Man, like, they've got a lot in both, but, like, Captain America, this is really the Captain America movie out of the two movies, because the other one is kind of like, oh, he's briefly in it, but it's not much, yeah. you know what I mean? Black Widow and, gets uh, a lot more to do. Yeah, Haw- Hawkeye, who wasn't in it all, or whatever you want to call him, Ronin, whatever you want to call him in this movie. You, Clint Barton was not in the last one at all, so yes, there's a lot. And Hulk, uh, he was in the last one too, but again, this is a much bigger role, I think. You said Ant-Man was barely mentioned. Yeah, it, it And he's a huge part of this one. Yeah, are Rocket's in it? Quite a bit, but again, none of the other Guardians because they get snapped away for the most part. Gamora and Nebula gets a pretty big role in this as well. It's fun trade-off where you've got so many characters and they don't try to just... 
it's a long movie, one. It is a long movie, so that's the one thing. But, I mean, this movie just worked on so many levels for me. There are some things I have issues with, but for the most part, I just... I can't believe that we live in a world where this we got to watch <laughs> 22 of these movies in succession and get the payoff that we got. Because yeah. without going into spoilers yet, to get the entire conclusion and kind of bow, like, nice tidy bow and ending to a lot of character arcs that we got, and with all the references to the other movies in this in callbacks and making it all work in a three-hour movie. It's pretty impressive, and I, I know I'm going to get... I'm not trying to make a statement, but it's fucking tragic that the Academy Awards will not fucking touch this movie and say nothing oh, about no, it. So it's got great visual effects. But, but. Well, okay. It, one problem with that, one reason why I'm sure that they will not ever go oh, near something like this is that even more than the first one, it, especially compared to the first one, if you go into this movie cold, you will have no idea what's going on. Like, if you've oh, never seen another Marvel that. film, you'll be completely lost. In Infinity well, War, I... it's simple. You stop the Purple Nutsack Man from getting these rocks, or MacGuffins, and killing half the universe. That's all there is to it. And yeah, it just happens to be populated with these characters we love. Yeah, I guess, but I, honestly, I think this one was a, is a little... People will be like, oh, at least these are the Avengers... Because Infinity War was like, here's half the Avengers you remember, and ha here's a bunch of other characters. If you hadn't seen Guardians, you hadn't... So it, it's it's both. I, I, I agree with you, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think either of them are really movies you can walk into and be like, yeah, I've never seen a Marvel movie, let me see what's going on. Yeah, th and that's part of what's so special about them, is that they, for 11 years, they managed to build a pretty freaking amazing narrative that doesn't go through every you need every movie or whatever but it picks up little pieces here and there and they were able to bring it to a somewhat of a conclusion into a new and a stopping point where they're branching out now to a new thing but um yeah i, the, the, the I infinity I, was also more of a thanos film whereas this one oh, is just going all over the place it's sending people oh, yeah, back into the past oh yes, sorry this, i i should shut up but no, no, um, no, no, no! You're 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 absolutely right. The last thing, the last movie was totally uh, Thanos was the main character of that last movie. Like he was. This has got heists. This has got deaths. This has got romance. This has got father son talks. This has got every like. There's a lot more emotional stuff in this movie than the last one, which was just like you said, collecting gems and putting and destroying the universe, trying to wipe out half the universe. I don't know. This this sounds stupid to you, and sounds like a fucking hacked hacking hack died like reviewer thing. But it's not. I feel like this is not even a movie anymore. Like it's a happening. Like it just. <laughs> this is such a big event. It's an event movie. It's not even like. Uh, I can't even classify it. Like, oh, yeah, it's a movie. It's so much more. It's you trees killing people. Movies? Wait, that was that other happening. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Well, it's it's surprising to me though. Like I would never have predicted this myself, yeah. except in like a really far fetched world. But the fact that so much of this does come from seeing the previous movies, especially right. Infinity War, the fact that this one is unprecedented success despite even its prestige and the fact that everything has led to it the fact that it's made two billion dollars in 11 days just knocks me back on my heels because of the fact that you do have to have that homework going into it 
Yeah, and you can't just, as we've seen other studios do, you can't just try to throw a universe together in three or four movies and be like, well, there we go, and it, it we've seen it doesn't work. And there's a reason it enhances the experience. You care about these characters. You want you want to see them succeed. You want to see them. You want to cheer them on. You want to see Thanos pay, even if you're just going from the last movie. But for something where Tony Stark, which we'll get to later, or Steve Rogers, there's so much layer, so many layers. Or even Ant Man, or, or you pick any character from the movie, they all have these arcs where you're seeing them either come to an end or go to a different place. And I just think that just blows. I, I didn't. I guess I expected a, a great movie, but I didn't expect what we got. I did not, in my wildest dreams, expect what we got so and there's so many little things too and it sounds like i'm just blowing smoke but i mean there's just so many moments that just create a perfect storm of emotion there's laughter the good marvel comedy that most of the time works there's just scenes of absolute despair where i don't cry at movies but i came pretty close (laughs) so i don't know at what point do you want to jump into spoilers because there's a lot of spoilerish stuff to talk about on this movie and i mean yeah uh, first things first i will right before we go into those i will say for anyone who doesn't want to hear the spoilers uh it's pretty much amazing performances across the board loved paul rudd in it loved chris evans tony's still an unrepentant dick at the beginning but he softens and i i think they made that work really well Thor is so completely different than when he first showed up at this point, but Chris Hemsworth's performance has been such a gradual progression that it's really worked well. So, yeah, I I definitely thought that those all worked. I thought the writing was surprisingly good, considering that uh, even the filmmakers are arguing about uh, the specifics of it. But, but yeah, yeah, just long story short, Movie good. So, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into the spoilers. Uh, so, Brian, when Ant-Man slash Giant-Man charges forward with the rest of the good guys and punches a flying space worm thing in the head, I think I reached peak Nirvana. <laughs> There's so many parts of this movie where I was just just so happy. Uh, I think it was finally hearing the words Avengers Assemble. I, I got goosebumps, I won't lie. Like, <laughs> Legit, both like I saw it twice. Even the second time, I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna. Nope, still got him. And oh, yeah. it's like, yeah. and again, I don't. I think the other biggest big thing when at the, that final battle, man, the last 45 minutes where mm-hmm. you know you start seeing the time portals opening. I mean, the uh, the, the sling portals, yeah, the portals. Just the characters coming through, and you're like, oh, okay. But then it's like, whoa, they're bringing all like you see everyone, and it's just it's just more than you expect, and it's just it's so much going on. And it's so freaking cool, and it's the greatest thing you'll ever see put to film if you're a comic book Marvel fan. And it's just, I, I never thought yeah. we'd get this. And Th- even, this is even, the movie I thought Infinity War was going to be before we got Infinity War. Yeah, and it, it's just like, and I, I completely understand why you had to use two separate movies, because there's no way you could do this all in one movie. There's no way. It wouldn't work. It would, it would be a half-assed, sure, you could have done it, but it wouldn't have had the moments. I mean, I think the thing that uh, surprised me the most, besides the obvious at the end, which we'll get to, is that they did the five years later thing. I, I thought it was going to be like five months, four months. I did not think they were going to do that big of a jump, which I think was a big surprise to me at least. I, I don't know about you. Yeah, um, and, and it does make for some weird challenges going forward creatively. I have to assume yes. that they 
I, I would certainly hope that they thought about that beforehand and figured out what they were going to do, even though they're really loath to discuss their future plans at this point because they want to concentrate on Endgame. But, yeah, it, it's a very odd decision for me in terms of just trying to pick out the timeline now. But... Uh, it works, yeah. and it, it's still, yeah. I mean, I, it, it's but I still think, an emotional yeah. uh, impact on that. The Russo brothers, who again started out, obviously this is the Infinity New War review, but like you started out doing stuff like Community and Arrested Development, uh, Development <laughs> and they are now they've now directed the biggest, second biggest movie of all time. We'll say, "Fuck you, Avatar worldwide," um, <laughs> but uh, so far, but it's just. That just still in my head, it's going. They made this like they directed this movie. Like it doesn't process in my head because like it's like I could have never because I just remember like the first Avengers movie. It's like oh man, Joss Whedon. Like okay, I could he. But like and even that seemed big at the time, and I didn't realize how big they could get this. And it's like the fact that they even go back to all these other movies in the past, mm -hmm. and they look so much like those movies to the point where it looks indistinguishable. Is just incredible to me because again, didn't know that was in the movie. Like they, okay. they they kept that all under wraps, where it's like they really showed you nothing in the trailers, which I give them credit because they they really didn't give much away at all. I, where, I gotta ask, know, what was the most surprising cameo for you? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, so I think, ooh, that's a good question because I got two of them. The first uh, well, because well, I didn't well, realize that they kissed and made up. Even Natalie though Portman, most of it was uh, old footage, I did still, not expect Natalie the, Portman to show up. Yep, she showed up at the when she. So it's weird. I didn't think she was in the movie, but I saw her at the premiere, and I was like, "Why is she at the premiere?" I'm like, "Oh, they probably just invited like everyone that was ever involved." But then when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, "Okay, but yes, exactly. They yeah. they they had to record some new dialogue, but she they used a lot of outtakes from Dark World too. But they did kiss and make up apparently, which yeah. is always good, I think, because I mean, I do think she was an important part of the first Thor movies, whether you like them or not. So I think the um, one that that I have to put at the top though. Because he was supposed to have had his last screen appearance, <laughs> right? Robert Redford. <laughs> right. I was just like, okay, then you got like, how do you keep that under wraps without getting like talk about non disclosure agreements? Like, <laughs> did did I think we would get to see Jarvis from Agent Carter? No. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, man. I, I just so much in this movie where I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what to even say. Like, it's just so crazy yes there there is some issues with it i'm gonna be very brief here on the on the little bit of negatives i have i thought the time travel stuff like you briefly mentioned the five-year jump and then the time travel doesn't exactly make sense and they kind of break their own rules with certain points with cap going back in time at the end and also gamora from 2012 hanging around um and i don't know how that's gonna work counterpart yeah, Nebu yeah, exactly. And again, they kind Thanos of throw not, no shade. longer existing to snap, and yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So if you think about it yeah. too hard, it's it's just gonna get messy. So luckily, with a movie like this, it's such a small part of it that you can kind of be like, mm -hmm. okay, it's a, if this was the first Avengers movie, I might be like, you know, that could be a problem. But like, even <clears> with this <throat> new Spider-Man show, it, it looks like they're going to be tackling they're not just going to pretend this movie didn't happen so they're tackling with a lot of stuff and i give i they've built up a lot of 
good faith to me to the point where I trust that they know what they're doing. As much as, you know, you can say, oh, the time travel stuff didn't make sense, but... Yeah, um, I, I, as soon as they started doing the time travel stuff, I'm like, oh, God, they're really going there. <laughs> but I will say that now we're kind of seeing a bit of how the future of the MCU is going to take on shape, because we've got Spider-Man, they're playing with the snap as an event. Then Guardians 3, it looks like that could certainly concern the search for the extra Gamora. And um, also add Thor to the cast as well. It looks like yeah, they're setting they, that up as they well. They certainly could. And holy cow, James Gunn getting to play around Chris Hemsworth. That right. I gotta say. I mean, because come on, what's he going to do? Make a sequel to Men in Black International or freaking Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy? Well, no, and he and he did say that he would be, oh, you know, he really enjoyed Ragnarok, and that like I think he liked this new Thor as opposed to playing the straight Shakespearean Thor. So I think obviously James Gunn will give him more stuff to work with that's on more of the comedy side. So I think he would be game for that. And obviously the fact that they left him with the Guardians kind of sets that up to yeah. for obvious reasons. And I think that the fans that I saw with the, what both times really dug the interactions again with him and Star Lord. So I think that's. Mm-hmm. A yeah. fun thing Which, there. Uh, yeah, they they kind of did that in Infinity War, but yeah, uh, well, uh, that's and I'll, and I'll get to that because that is uh, one of my slight gripes. But um, I I love that idea. It, it's it. I'm wondering if the upcoming Disney Plus miniseries about Loki is going to concern trying to put him back where he belongs in the timeline. Uh-huh. I would pretty much guarantee it because when he disappeared with the with the tester with the the cosmic cube tester actor, you want to call it, I was like. Huh? And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, wait, we do have a Loki. So, like, there was a way, I mean, without undoing his death, there was a way, they had to do something to get him, unless it was going to be some sort of other, take side outside the time. So, like, yeah, so now I think this is going to be either him traveling through different times, or it's going to be them trying to chase him, someone chasing him to try to, so, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they set so many things up that they know they have to pay off and other stuff. I mean... The end, I didn't get it this time, the first time I started, but the Russo brothers said about how the Winter Soldier knows about Cap going back in time and kind of, you know, the reason why he says the same thing back to him that he was said to him in Captain America, like uh, First Avenger, and they're going to be dealing with that in Winter Soldier and Falcon, so there's a well, lot of stuff that they... I, I think you could just kind of assume that, that that was a possibility and maybe, and once he didn't show up, I, I think it's a pretty easy to deduce that that's what happened. Right. And frankly, power to him. I, I don't understand people who are saying that that's a poor moral choice. It's like, he, look at everything that he's done. You don't want to let him have his happy no, ending. No, yeah, man. He did not get up, get it. I, no, I, I thought it was perfect. Let's touch on that now before we get to the, the real negatives because uh, I want to just touch on the two major, obviously the two major things is, yes, uh, Tony Stark does die, um, obviously. Uh, again, it's it's kind of fitting though because I mean again without him there's no MCU I mean I still remember 11 years ago seeing Iron Man one and being like man he's really good as Tony Stark not realizing how much it would mean for that movie to be successful and how much it would build to what we got and he brought that life to that character I mean let's be dude I'll be uh, bl- blunt with you I didn't give two fucks about Iron Man before that movie when I used to read about <laughs> it in the comics I didn't I didn't care I was like oh it's Iron Man even the cartoon as a kid I was like oh Iron Man he's okay but Rod Downey Jr. brought such life to that character 
And again, I thought that was a great full circle of him saying, I am Iron Man before pulling the ultimate sacrifice hero play. Mm -hmm. It's true the end of an era. And I think it made sense. And I thought it was I thought it was great. And again, you know, it sets it up with the whole thing with Doctor Strange from last week. And you go back and you can kind of see how it was all played out. And there's people that like, oh, Thanos should have gotten a better send off. And it's like, I don't know. He got killed twice in this movie. I think that's a pretty good send off. (laughs) I don't know. Um, All right, so yeah, let's let's go ahead and hit a couple of those things. Speaking of speaking of that, I kind of figured that Captain Marvel would be used the way she is here because they sort of made a mistake with overpowering her, and that's to show up at the beginning and the very end and really not get any real character moments, which is a disappointment because I hoped Endgame would allow her to get some more depth. And you know. I didn't mean to interrupt, but you know what's even crazier? They didn't even use the scene from the end credits from Captain Marvel. There's, like, no explanation of how they figured out who she was. It's just, like, you. it's just kind of like she shows up and it's like, oh, like, it was just very weird. That was the one thing I thought was very bizarre was the, the interaction with her and everyone else. It was almost like it was a different, I don't know. As I opposed just, to Ant-Man in... Right, uh, the Ant Man one showing up in Civil War, but right, like this was just like a very weird, like oh, everyone knows who she is, but didn't we just spend a whole movie showing like, and the end of the last movie was the distress signal. It's like I feel like there's a giant chunk missing, but again, it's like she's in so little of the movie that's kind of funny because honestly, you don't have to see Captain Marvel to see this movie because there's absolutely nothing except to know who she is. But even then, does it really matter? Like, it's, oh, <laughs> it's some super cosmic, crazy, powerful person that smashes through things and then flies away. And it's just like, all right. Yeah. I mean, yes, she saves Tony in the beginning, but other than that, what does she really do? Stops the ship from raining down fire and yes. letting yes. Thanos kill his own troops. But, okay, so one other thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way, uh, well, more than one thing. First, you have everyone but Hulk basically shitting on Ant-Man. I mean, yeah, they make him a little goofy, and the accidental shrinking at one point is worth rolling your eyes over, but without him, they don't even have the plan that they're working on. (laughs) They also seem to completely forget how physically taxing it is on Scott to be Giant Man. So, I don't know. But, uh... I think he, I hate to say it, I think, I'm not speaking for Paul Rudd, but I mean, I think he was the character that was supposed to be the character that get let the audience have a moment to kind of laugh and, and not deal with the heavy moments of the movie, because that movie is a lot of just heavy and dark stuff for most of the movie, and he's pretty much the only light spot, so I mean... I think True. he is used. I'm, again, I'm not just denying what you said. I, I agree, but I think, and he does get his own. He gets a couple of big moments, like humor. <laughs> pardon the pun, but um, you know, <laughs> but um, it's and, American and, and, and ass. <laughs> great. Um, and I will say, I wish there was a little more with him in, in in Wasp. But again, a lot of the characters that get snapped away when they came back. You kind of only got a briefest of Drax barely in it. Groot has like barely, but again, you know, you have to kind of even it out with the last movie and think, well, okay, like there wasn't a lot of any of those characters. But at the same time, how could there be since they got wiped away? So it, it yeah. there's so many moving parts, and I think they wanted to spend the most time with the characters they knew that this was the end for. Where obviously Ant Man and Wasp were going to continue on, and Captain Marvel's continuing on, Spider Man and Black Panther, yeah. yada yada yada. I, I but, will uh, say, I one of the things I liked about Captain America's ending is the fact that not only did he obviously base his performance on Clint Eastwood, but 
they can bring him back in his aged form to at least make appearances. Yeah. And they did in the comics, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because this old man Steve has been a part of the comics for a while now. Yeah, no, but I'm saying a couple of years ago they made him an old, old man and had him, kept him around until he got rejuvenated and turned to Hydra, which I did love the Hail Hydra moment in the elevator, which was a, <laughs> was a nod to the people that hated the comic book and a nice nod to thinking people were expecting a giant elevator fight again. And again, it was great seeing Crossbones and Jasper Sitwell and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I know we're jumping around a lot, but there's just so much in this movie to talk about. I'm surprised, yeah. I guess, that Vision is still dead. I was yeah. one, that was one thing that well, I was not expecting. Okay, that that is one thing that I can say more or less for sure is the Infinity Stones are done as a plot device from this point on. I don't yes. think they're going back to that. Yeah. Um, the Black Widow movie is definitely going to be a prequel because there are really only a couple of situations where they've reversed deaths in the MCU, and it's definitely been the exception more than the rule, so that there are actually consequences to that, right. as opposed to in the comics where you just expect people to show back up within oh, five Oh, yeah, years. the comics is a revolving door of, oh, yeah. someone's dead, oh, they'll be back in two weeks, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you got no, Loki, it, but that's kind of the point of Loki, and then Gamora, which is super surprising that they did that. I, and I, I, I give him credit because it was such a shock in the first movie, and I was one of the few, one people, few people that was like, maybe she's really dead. And people were like, oh no, she'll be back. And it's like I like that they didn't reverse it because it, it means something. And they kept they I think obviously with the effect of knowing they were going to kill either Hawkeye or Black Widow with the Soul Stone, they couldn't bring her back and then not have one of them. So they had to set it that that you can't come back from that. So. But again, they have the new Gamora to play with, who obviously is the Gamora from 2012, who doesn't know any of the Guardians, and I'm sure James Gunn will have fun with that if they if he decides to use it, which I'm sure he will. Okay. But again, now, yeah. speaking of the Guardians, I feel like the Russos yes. really hate Peter Quill. <laughs> like in the last one, he loses his shit, which basically helps them lose to Thanos. Yeah. Uh, so even if you get into Doctor Strange's predestination shit about the one chance in 14 million so you, he knew it was going to happen anyway, it was not the best thing to do with him if you're trying to make him relatable and likable. And then in this one, he gets kicked in the balls and has another pissing match with Thor, which is great, but I could have used something a little more heroic on his side to help redeem him after what happened. And instead they just yeah. make him this... just. It's nothing but him being childish and or a dick the whole time. And I wonder, and again, I'm not trying to, again, I'm sounding like I'm the fucking defense for, for Marvel, but I'm, I know that James Gunn had said that he read the scripts of both of these before, after Guardians 2, before, before he wrote Guardians 3, and that he kind of helped them guide where they were putting the Guardians. So I'm only assuming that it is part of the master plan of what he has wants to do with Star-Lord in Guardians 3. I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying. I, I I will say that the getting not kicked in the balls twice was one of the biggest laughs, though, of, of the film that <laughs> the both time I saw her, people thought that was a riot. I, I, I didn't really think of it that way, because, again, there's so many people getting heroic. That, you're right, he doesn't really get a moment, but, again, it's I don't know. I think it's more like, well, the Guardians are continuing, so he doesn't... Like I think they were so worried about trying to pay off everyone that could be intentionally never seen again, like Hawkeye... Like Cap, like Iron Man, like like Hulk, like Black mm-hmm. Widow. I think it was almost like, oh, everyone else, they'll have another chance. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying. That. I just felt to me it wasn't something. That, but I, I can, I didn't even think of it until you mentioned it. So I completely see what you're saying. Um, 
I think the Black Widow death was a surprise. I didn't expect that. Although they, the Russo brothers did say that originally Hawkeye was going to be the one died, but someone suggested, well, why not Black Widow? And they're like, you know what? That makes more sense. And I, I think it was actually a better character arc for Black Widow because Hawkeye would have just been the obvious, oh, I'm going to sacrifice myself because I've done bad things. And I'm, I will say, back and, yeah. Yeah. I will say, sadly, we didn't see a lot of Ronan, but they did a really good job of, um, taking the costume from the comics and making it look badass on screen, although we didn't get to see a lot of it, and they don't even think they call him that in the movie. But uh, regardless, it was cool. But, um, yeah, I, I, just to go back, again, I know the, the Cap ending, I, I agree mm-hmm. with you, man. I think that was such a great way to end his story as Captain America. Like you said, he can still continue to be in the movies if he wants, and I'm sure he'll be in some cameo here or there. But I really loved the fact, why shouldn't he get to end up with his girl that they bring it up pretty much in every movie. And, you know, The Last Dance, and I I just thought it was a really, really nice touch. And Chris Evans just, if you had told me the guy that was in another team movie, not another team movie, and the Human Torch would be be Captain America, that he brings so much to that character. Again, another character that I didn't really think much of in the comics, he brings so much realness to that character and, and... and just the the he is the moral compass in my and again I, I had no problem with what he did um, I know other people did but um, yeah I, I just Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. they just they brought these two iconic characters to life for a whole generation that's going to know these characters now so I got a question for you though mm. what did you think of the whole Falcon getting the shield as opposed to Winter Soldier I is think it the- kind of made sense because Falcon is the one that actually was with Steve Longer and right, and plus it's like Winter Soldier. I think in the movies, well, is in, in, in the movies at least. I mean, but well, no, it, he no. also doesn't have the baggage that Winter Soldier. Does. Well, that's what I was just gonna say. I mean, Winter Soldier in the movies is a different character than he was in the comics. In the comics, in the arc of Winter Soldier, he took Cap got killed, so he had to take the mantle to basically redeem himself and redeem and have a Captain America be around. In the movies, he's become his own person as Winter Soldier after the brainwashing, so I don't think it was needed for him to become Captain America. Again, I know I'm in the minority, but yeah, I don't have, I'm don't. i interested to see what they do with Falcon. It happened in the comics, and people didn't like it, so we'll see. It's a different Falcon that's in the Marvel uh, MC, like you said. Um, yeah, speaking of uh, Cap, yeah. uh, okay, biggest moment for me in my screening, and I may have thrown my hands up in the air. Uh, when Steve picks up Thor's hammer and proceeds to use it better than Thor ever did. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge moment for me. Um, and I just love Thor's reaction. I was like, I knew it. <laughs> it's like, again, paying off something from all the way back to Age of Ultron. I can't put into words how just amazing moments there were. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you feel on Professor Hulk? Uh, I thought that was a surprise as well. I didn't know that they were going to go that direction. I don't know how, how familiar you are with the the Peter David version of the Hulk that yeah, was that, around. I, I always thought him a smart Hulk is the name that I always well, yeah, bandied that, around. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that it, it sort of made sense that they went there considering who knows how much they're going to do with the character after this. Right. I think this is kind of... I mean, I, I'm sure he could be in a movie too, but I don't think there's going to be... There's never going to be another Hulk movie because they can't with Universal. And, yeah, I think he's kind of... He'll be around, but I don't think he's going to be... So, yeah, I, I thought... Yeah, I, I am curious whether Universal's 
contract like that yep. also works with yeah. Hulk adjacent characters because I know there are a lot of people who would like to see a She Hulk movie and things like that. Hmm. So oh, that's a that's a that's a that's a really good point. Um, the only other thing I was going to ask you question. Um, so coming out of this movie, it's been universally praised, but there's been one thing that the internet that same time people that hate the new Star Wars movies claim that this movie is ruining this character. They claim that Thor was absolutely destroyed and that it was a hit job on his character and that Fat Thor is the worst idea ever. What say you, Kent? Well, it's basically the first time he's ever truly failed, uh, unless you count before his transformation at the end of the original one, uh, at least a psychological transformation, if you will. So it didn't strike me as all that off at all, because he still was carrying on like Thor. He was just damaged from what happened the same way that almost everybody was. God forbid that he did come back. He had that talk with his mom. He found himself again. He goes out with the Guardians to have adventures in space. That all worked. Yeah, I, I, I don't get the whole, like... So apparently... Just okay. I don't can say it. I'll, I'll talk to you after about it. <laughs> yeah, I just thinking like, can you imagine if it was you know, another character that they turned fat and you know I don't know. Anyways, but uh, anyways, it, it just I mean, yeah, I, it's called the character arc. And again, I I don't understand why people are so offended by an act. Like it's not like the he he got to kick ass. And I will say I did like see the Trin- getting to see the Trinity fight Thanos in that before the final final battle. That was kind of a very cool thing. But yeah, it just it didn't bother me. I don't understand it. And again, like you said, he failed. And then people are like, "Oh, if he's failed, he would just go into rage." And I'm like, "Really? I I, I don't think I like." Well, yeah, he I did, and he cut his head off, and he yes. realized he didn't do anything. <laughs> exactly. So I actually thought one of the best scenes was the scene with his mother, with Renee Riso, who apparently only had three lines in the first two Thor movies, and she had like 28 in this one, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Um, I also do find it. Do you also find it funny that Dark World was such a big part of this movie when that is pretty much seen as one of the worst Marvel movies? <laughs> I've but, always uh, thought that one's a little bit underrated and harshed on a bit too much, uh, considering well, I mean, it, what's it, in it. It, but... it hasn't aged as badly as I thought, but it's still you know it's kind of there with Iron Man too. I did like it the th- in my theater during the funeral for for Iron Man at the end. Some guy was like. Who the hell is that teenage kid? And I was like, that's a good question. I didn't know who that oh, kid the was. Kid from I, Iron Man three. It took yeah. me a, a minute to yeah, place him, but yeah, I, I I figured it out by the time that was done. No, I, I had to go look it up online. I had no idea. I was just like, I can figure it else out. I'm like, who? And I mean, it was kind of fitting. I liked the way. Yes, people say there was too many people there, but I did like how they they kept the spot on everyone. And it ends with Nick Fury, who was kind of like the godfather of the, the MCU at this point. I, I, I did kind of like how they, they filmed that. And, um, you okay, know, I it, gotta, it, I gotta ask. Yeah. I think they may have digitally composited that shot together because when uh-huh. I saw it in 3d, I noticed that like star Lord's head jumps. Really? And I don't know. And, and I don't know if it was just like an issue with the 3d or if it's with the huh. movie itself and like the digital composite. And I'm going to have to go back and take a look when that's it comes an, out. That's an interesting point. Yeah, no, that Literally. very well could have. I mean, I know that they did have a lot. They had pretty, like all, a lot of people from the final battle were all on set at the same time, but there, I'm sure not everyone could have been there at every time. I mean, there's a lot of people at that funeral yeah. and again, a lot of big named actors too, to get all together at that time. So again, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, 
Um, but yeah, um, I don't. Oh, I, I, speaking of the but, final battle, yep, I saw Howard the Duck's cameo the second time around. See, I still tried to look for it and I couldn't find it. Where I, I know where it is and I still didn't see it. I believe it exists. <laughs> I've seen pictures, but I couldn't find. It. But it is so, canon that he is on Earth as part of that battle, so they can totally make a movie about him getting trapped afterwards in a world he never made if they wanted to. Oh, it would only have to be better than that piece of garbage 1986 Howard the Duck movie by George Lucas produced. Well, yeah. Um, I Although I think, isn't Kevin Smith doing the uh, Howard the Duck TV show for Marvel Plus, I believe? isn't I think that's what was announced. Well, let's just assume that's not going to be canon, so. <laughs> we'll see. Um, uh, I was actually kind of surprised in the final battle. Not to say that it moved me either way, but I was surprised to see... Pepper in the rescue armor. I did not think she would be in the battle. I, I thought that was... I mean, I get why I she... I thought after be. teasing it towards the beginning, it wasn't that big of a surprise. Yeah, I guess. They aged up Cassie. I gotta assume that uh, they right. see themselves moving forward with future Ant-Man movies, uh, making her a legacy character, since that was At already the first I mean, legacy in the MCU. I mean, and that was the one thing with the five-year thing where I was like, oh, okay, so they made it to the use, uh, they, they, they used it to their ability to help them in the future. Because, yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, she eventually becomes a character called Stature, who ends up using pin particles to grow big, like her dad. So, um, again, I, I, I will, how old do you think she is at that point? Because I yeah, thought in, I in the Wash, she was more like seven or eight years old. But in Right, the, I was thinking that, so I'm like, so, so, I'd say she's She looks like a... Fully fledged teenager. Yeah, I, I think she's supposed to be younger than she looks, but yeah, she did not look 14, 15. I don't know. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I think they're setting it up, obviously. So, I mean, maybe not the next one, but eventually. If in the And again, it's all about seeding the, for the future, which they did very well. And as far as I know, though, the one they did not really seed to the future was Iron Man. And I'm surprised... But I think it's good that there's going to be no picking up. Because, again, I guess they – I don't know if you read this kind of online that they originally had a scene where before Iron Man actually died, he sees uh, – like either, either like it's a meeting on the, the, the soul plane or he sees his daughter growing up like as, as like an adult or a young teenager and they have a talk and she like says it's okay for him to let go. And uh, they actually ended up cutting it out of the movie because they thought it took away the emotional impact of his death. So I at first when I read that I was like oh man are they, they going to see that she was going to be like whatever the fuck the new Iron Girl is in the comics Iron Heart or whatever but I think I'm glad that it seems like they're just going to let Iron Man rest and that character is not going to be a legacy character I mean they've got War Machine but you know what I mean like yeah, uh, yeah at the very least they're not going to just slap somebody else in the armor and no. call him Iron I Man. do I do think though that there's a possibility I mean he did make a holographic recording of himself so I'm wondering if we could end up seeing little bits of him pop out with different things if they ever wanted to. It's not real. I'm, I'm basically surprised by two things. I'm yeah. surprised by who specifically got killed in it, mm -hmm. and the fact that there weren't more of them. Yeah, which makes me think, like you said, that they were like, well, we gonna again, dude. I hate to say it, but money talks. I think a lot of these. You know, I mean. Doesn't mean that they're going to be in, in every no, but I mean it sets them up for well. You, if you want to come in and do another movie, sure, you know. And look how much movie these much money these movies are making. It's not even like oh well, we can't afford that. It's just like you know, you know, they're they're doing the dis. A lot of them are, like again, they're not major actors, but Winter Soldier, Wanda, Winters, they're all doing the Disney Plus shows. I mean, 
that's pretty crazy to get pretty major named actors to do a TV, even a 10 episode TV series for, for a streaming service. So maybe not for Netflix or Hulu, but for a brand new one. Yes. And so I think just Disney is holding their cards in case they ever want to bring back some of these characters. But I think Iron Man, they had to kill because he was the linchpin from the beginning and it would have made no sense for him to survive. And I think there had to be some casualty. And I think black widow, Again, they probably thought, well, if we're doing her movie, it's going to be a prequel. We don't. I don't think they foresaw any future with her. Not to not to slight Scarlett Johansson, as I think this was her best job in as Black Widow, probably since Winter Soldier. But um, I don't foresee her as something that they could have really mined character wise. And Hawkeye, he's always open now to come back. But I mean, mm-hmm. the, so we'll see. I mean. It's just so many characters. I mean, you got Valkyrie. You got all these. You know, you yeah. got so many. Wait, so I don't holy know. shit! Okay, when they open it up and Valkyrie actually comes out on the Pegasus, with yeah. that they had flashed yeah. back to in Ragnarok, and people were disappointed that you didn't really get to see her doing much with. That right. was that was definitely a great moment, as far as I'm concerned. But I, I guess to to wrap things up, all I'm going to say, Kent, is do you realize now we live in a world where. We have seen Endgame or haven't seen Endgame, <laughs> so, like that's that's now a thing. And um, uh, I don't know, dude. I, I just I man, it's just. Well, uh, I, I tell you what, it's shaggy, it's overlong, it's full of unnecessary fan service, and I loved every minute of it. So. Yeah, see, I, I didn't, I didn't feel the overlongness, but I, I guess maybe probably like the third or fourth time I probably would have. Like it's, I. Because it's funny, the first time I saw it, there was like 25 minutes of trailers and ads before it. And I was kind of like, but the second time at my my close new theater, it was like two trailers. And I was like, oh, this is nothing. So I don't know. I think it might also be, I mean, again, three hours is still a long movie. I, I, I completely understand. But you had to have a lot to fucking get through. And I, I'm excited to see how many deleted scenes I had to get rid of just to clean up. But um, Well, hey, any theories guess, on uh, the next overarching story or theme that they'll do? Fuck, man, that's the problem. Is like I'm so scared now. It's like, well, this was such an easy like gimme of like doing the Infinity Gauntlet. Now it's like, man, what are they going to do next? Uh, if I had to make a guess, it's going to be seeding in the X Men and beginning some sort of eventual meeting between the uh, older Marvel character, cinematic characters and the X Men or potentially the Fantastic Four characters. I think that's the next step. Is bringing in new characters that are popular. I mean, who's more popular than Iron Man and Captain America? Wolverine. So it's like, um, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm, I think that's why um, Dark Phoenix is going to be coming out and probably never heard from again, and they're quickly, I guarantee by San Diego, we'll be hearing their plans for the X-Men franchise. I mean, they've got the ability now. The only question I have, I apologize, but Kent, how do you do the Fantastic Four? Because the problem is now, is if you do it, day it doesn't work but if you do it retro it doesn't really work either because of the the way that they've structured the universe okay. so unless they were i'll tell you lost. how you do it uh yeah, you set it in the 60s where they take off yeah. you pull a planet of the apes you send them forward in time oh. they come back with the powers and hmm. so they are still 60s characters but in a modern setting that's actually brilliant. I'm not even joking. Because <laughs> I was about to say, uh, you know, like, maybe they could be trapped. They, they end up, a.k.a. find the negative zone in the 60s and get stuck in there, and then they find their way out now in its current time. But your idea is much, much better, actually. 
things. But yeah, I, I think that's the only they need to make them different. Well, and I think yeah. if they just have, I mean, I'm leaning the, towards them doing something X Men or Galactus related mm-hmm. next. They haven't done Galactus right. They, they had him in one oh, of those absolutely. movies, but he was a cloud. There wasn't really anything to it. Yes. <laughs> and fewer people yeah, saw the Fantastic five. Four movies than the X-Men movies, so I'm kind of aiming more towards that one. But the other yeah. thing is most of the big X-Men stories have been done, and i got to think they want to let those rest. They've still got like House sure. of M, but eliminating characters yeah, like that yeah. would seem a bit redundant after how they changed the Infinity Saga, so... I, I think one person, though, that they could really use who honestly is the greatest Marvel cinematic villain or Marvel comics villain, in my opinion, and step aside Thanos, one character they've tried numerous times and they've failed miserably every time, and that's Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he's a Fantastic Four villain, but, man, you could make him badass. And, again, you could bring play that in with the Galactus thing. And the thing you know. So, yeah, I, I think that's where they're headed next. They know better than we do, but I think that would not be a bad idea. I mean, make him as close. I mean, you don't have to have him like the comics, but you make him Doctor Doom, not a businessman with lightning powers or whatever the fuck he was in that awful, uh, whatever Josh fucking movie. Miles Teller. Yeah, whatever Miles Teller Fantastic Four movie bullshit. Or, yeah, it's sad when the Roger Corman version is the closest we got for real. <laughs> Dr. Doom. But yeah, I, I think that he is the king of all. I mean, freaking Lucas got some of Darth Vader off of Dr. Doom. That's how important to movies Dr. Doom is. So let, let's let's see Dr. Doom done right. But I, I do think Galactus is also something that would be very cool to do. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because what do you? where do you go next? I don't know. Bottom line is, I love this movie 3000. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Ratings. Uh, let's go. Let's go through the movies and give them our our okay. ratings. Starting off with Missing Link. Missing Link. I give it about three and a half. Okay. Uh, Hellboy. Like I said, two. Yeah, two for uh, me at it. best. Yeah, uh, at best. Exactly. I was gonna say at best. I was yeah. d- debating one and a half. And I was like, I'll give it two, but it's really hurting me. Um, Justice League uh, four. Yeah, I put it around four as well. That's how much I liked it. Yeah. Uh, Avengers five out of five. I know. I don't five, care. Yeah. I'm doing it. Well, I know we it's a, were right it's a fanboy on, thing, but we're, we're right on. We this that exactly. yeah. <laughs> we're in synchronicity. I think that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Block Bastards and then another episode of Isle of the Damned in a month. Until then, you can find us on Facebook at Isle of the at our page, Isle of the Dam, or also uh, movienoise.com slash Isle on Twitter, where I it's all my fault. I really need to update our Twitter. I honestly just don't like going on Twitter because it's just a lot of politics and bullshit. But um, <laughs> what's our Twitter account? I brain. I love the damn no ed. Thank you. I like how you think about it. Um, you can find me. Follow us on Instagram at xanderharris two nine eight one and Kent Ramon, Ramon. I believe. Yeah, I finally got it. And uh, TNTQ Studios for Kent's art stuff and. I think that's going to do it. But yeah, we'll be back next time to review stuff like probably Detective Pikachu and what else is coming out? John Wick 3 or John Wick Chapter 3. I'm sorry <laughs> to be precise. So stuff like that I think will be out by the next time we see you. So got some stuff. I don't, yeah, I don't think, yeah, Spider-Man is not so July. I don't know what I'm thinking. My brain is not working. Um, it's been a long week. But thank you for listening. Uh, sorry we rambled about Avengers, but it's the end of an era. So it was amazing. Thank you for allowing us to do this podcast. And thanks for listening. Until then, 
watch the movies, go watch Avengers 3,785 times. Like, I just have most of my notes were just like, I am so happy right now. 